Welcome to Main Menu for the week of February 15 through February 21, 2013. I'm your host, David Tanner, and glad you're with us today here on Main Menu. We are always glad to have you here with us on Main Menu, whether you're a returning listener or this is your first time to listen to Main Menu. We hope that we present a lot of interesting and informative information here for you on Main Menu, and we hope that we will hear from you and about what you think about what we are doing here on Main Menu menu any suggestions you might have for improvements or suggestions for future programs things you'd like to hear us talk about here on main menu and you can do that in several different ways you can come to our webpage at www.mainmenu.acbradio.org and there's places there for making comments you can also sign up for the main menu friends mailing list there and visit with other listeners and the main menu staff there's members of the staff including yours truly there on the main menu friends mailing list and you can get into conversations with us about some of the things that you've heard things maybe you'd like to hear and we even sometimes talk about technology on the list that you don't hear about here on main menu but you may hear about in the future here on main menu and that's a good place to bring up your suggestions so you drop by and uh, join the main menu friends list we'd love to have you you can also catch us on twitter at slash main menu and that is a number of the way different ways you can catch us you can also just drop us a note at uh, main menu at acbradio.org and that will get to us also well today we have quite a show for you we got four different things you're going to hear about today. We're going to start out with our executive producer, Chase Crispin, who is going to be interviewing Dan Hubble from Microsoft, and they're going to be talking about new things in Windows 8 and particularly new accessibility and the changes in Narrator, and we're going to hear all about a lot of the changes that have been done in Windows 8 to make it more accessible and the changes in Narrator. And then David Woodbridge comes to us, compliments of Vision Australia. And David this week is going to be reviewing the Microsoft Surface RT, a new slate for Windows 8 that is a touchscreen. And he's going to tell us all about it. He's going to demonstrate for us and tell us all about the layout of the device and how it all works. And then Rich Cavallaro comes in and he's going to be reviewing the new Access Note from American Foundation for the Blind and he's going to take us on a tour of that, tell us about how it works, show us a few demonstrations of various functions of the app and that's an app for iPhone, iTouch, and iPad. And then Chase Crispin comes back at us again with an interview from ATIA with Dan Warwick from GW Micro and they're going to be talking about the new Window Eyes 8.0 and some other things that are new at GW Micro. That's all right here today on Main Menu. You have a great week. I'll see you back here next week on Main Menu. Have a good day and we'll see you soon.
While you listen to Main Menu, do you ever think about a piece of technology that you've been thinking about purchasing, or just a piece of technology that you really want to hear about, but that you are unable to demonstrate for all of the Main Menu listeners? If so, we have a way for you to make those ideas be heard so that the Main Menu staff and other Main Menu listeners can produce segments on that topic. If you visit the Main Menu website at mainmenu.acbradio.org, you will find a link that says create an account. Creating an account is completely free and takes only a few seconds. Once you have an account, click on the link that says segment ideas. There, you will find a form to add an idea that you would like to see us cover on the show. If you see an idea in the list of ideas that you are able to cover for us on Main Menu, please click the Request This Idea link, which will let us know that you are able to cover this idea, and we will be in touch with you. We look forward to hearing your ideas for topics that we should be covering here on Main Menu. And, as always, thank you for your support in ACB Radio and in Main Menu. Hello, Main Menu listeners. I'm Chase Crispin, and I am very pleased to be here with Dan Hubble, who is a Senior Marketing Manager for Accessibility at Microsoft, and we just caught up here at ATIA 2013 to talk about Microsoft accessibility in Windows 8 and in Microsoft Surface. Dan, thank you very much for being here today. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. So we've had a few demonstrations of Windows 8 on Main Menu, but can you go ahead for people who might not have listen to that. Just give us an overview of the different accessibility that is now included in Windows. Absolutely. Well, the the main changes that uh, people will recognize are the rebuild of Narrator. We we took the old Narrator from Windows 7, Windows Vista, Windows XP. It's been uh, completely thrown out and rebuilt from the ground up, uh, utilizing UI Automation, which is our accessibility API that was first introduced in Windows Vista. And so that is the first main, I think, and the, probably the most visible um, change that we've made to our accessibility settings. We've made a number of changes as well to um, our magnifier to make it work with the touch environment of the new Windows 8 paradigm. There have been some other things that we've uh, updated to make them easier to find and use, but uh, in the end, those are the two major improvements that we've made. Narrator in the past could do some more basic tasks, but you couldn't use it for a lot of things that people might have wanted to do with their computer. What can you do with Narrator now in Windows 8? Well, as I said, we rebuilt it from the ground up with the focus that this needed to be at least functional enough to do all of the main tasks that you would do in your day. So that's your email, that's surfing the web, uh, that includes even going into your documents. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but yesterday, uh, or two days ago, we announced the release of Office 2013. And as a part of that release, Office 2013, in fact, now supports Narrator on Windows 8. So the combination of those two, you can read your documents, uh, and you can do all of the things that uh, I know a lot of people missed with the old version of Narrator and older versions of Office. Now, does that work with Outlook, PowerPoint, all the applications, or is it just mainly Word? Uh, no, it's it's all the applications. They've they've done some work. There are obviously going to be places where uh, we've missed uh, corners of uh, uh, features that that may not work. So there's certainly uh, this is a first step in in uh, 
brand new narrator and, and some changes to Office that have made that possible. But for the most part, it has been designed with the idea that you would be able to uh, use Narrator with Office Suite. Are there any major limitations that you're aware of with Narrator? Things you just cannot do? Um, uh, you know, off the top of my head, there aren't any huge limitations that I know of. Of course, there are going to be places that, that uh, things don't work. An example of that would be an app developer that has created an app that they have not done the work to make their application accessible to uh, any AT. I mean, not just narrator, but to any AT because they haven't done the appropriate work. We have more work to do there in educating developers on the best practices for how to develop software. But beyond that, that's probably the largest uh, gap that we still see. How is Narrator working with the majority of the new Windows applications from the App Store? Uh, as I said before, it's um, the ones that we have designed. Obviously, we've designed them with accessibility in mind, uh, third-party applications that you would install. Uh, there are some that are rather good, and there are some that, uh, quite frankly, uh, miss the bar. And So we've done a lot to try to increase the visibility of accessibility. If you're not aware, in the App Store, there's a way that developers can flag their application, whether or not it has been designed with accessibility in mind. And as a user, you can go in and in your preferences set a preference that says, only show me applications that have been flagged as accessible by the developer. Uh, this is a self-selection, so there's no policing of this outside of community policing uh, through feedback uh, in the store. You know, If they say that they're accessible, and 20 people have written reviews that say, no, this is a, a, a improperly been flagged, um, you know, it's still up to the consumer to make sure that you're reading those reviews and understand that that's the mechanism by which you can really report uh, people that aren't living up to what they've stated. Is there a way, if there is an inaccessible app, is it easy for someone to get that developer's contact info and write them to ask them if they could make their app accessible? Yeah, every, uh, when you go into the applications, to, into the App Store, uh, or the Microsoft Store, there are um, uh, a details page about that application, and it tells you who the publisher is. It typically has a link to their website, uh, and, and their, I, I don't know if there's phone contact information, but I certainly know that the name of the developer and the, uh, the website are typically listed there that you can go to contact them through that route. All right. You mentioned preferences for Narrator a while ago. What preferences are there? How much can you control? Oh, gosh, and you're going to ask me to recall uh, way too many things, and my memory is not quite that, <laughs> quite that good. It, it, it's essentially the, you know, the basics that you have. You have speed, you've got pitch, you've, you've got uh, uh, several, a choice of several voices. I think there are three that ship uh, by default. Uh, I should mention that it's available in eight languages. So you've got U.S. English. UK English, French, Spanish, German, uh, Japanese, Chinese, uh, simplified Chinese, and traditional Chinese. So you've got eight languages to choose from. So that's one preference. Uh, and then there are a number of other utilities that allow you to change preferences like um, uh, what it reads and how much it's reading and that sort of thing. A lot of people, just because they are migrating from older versions of Windows, are going to be using other screen readers. Is the Microsoft philosophy that Narrator is good enough to use instead of a screen reader you've used in the past, or is Narrator just meant for people who don't have another screen reader? What's kind of like the philosophy behind that? Yeah, I would say that for basic usage, 
uh, and the scenarios that I rolled out before, that I mentioned before, um, that's you know reading your email, doing the, the basic taps, uh, tasks through the app store. Um, our narrator is going to be more than enough for those scenarios. There are going to be times when uh, a user has, particularly in a work environment, when they're using specialized applications, uh, desktop applications that they may have been using in Windows 7, that they would need to um, use a full-featured screen reader because there have been some customizations and scripts that might have been written specifically for that, uh, for that application. How do narrator updates work? Is, are those packaged with Windows updates when you install those, or is narrator updated separately? The current philosophy for Windows has been updates are rolled out through our Windows Update service. So uh, we have a whole team called our Sustained Engineering Team that uh, makes decisions on what patches are rolled out on a monthly basis. Typically those are security related, uh, but there have been times when other updates have been made. Um, so beyond that right now, all of the features of Windows are typically um, rolled together as updates within Windows, either as mid-release service packs or the next version of Windows. All right. One of the most popular products that people have been checking out here at ATIA is the Microsoft Surface. For people not familiar with the Surface, can you kind of tell us what that is? Sure. Microsoft Surface is Microsoft's first foyer into... Uh, um, the hardware market, so it is our own branded and manufactured uh, tablet, uh, Slate tablet. Um, it is a fully touch-enabled um, device that is designed to be portable and uh, you know taken with you as if uh, as any tablet would be. You uh, have the benefit of Windows being on this device. So the tablet that I was showing today is the the Windows RT tablet which includes the ability to install applications from that Windows 8 store that I mentioned. Um, you can't install desktop applications on this, but the next version that's available next week on February the 9th, which is the Surface Pro, is a tablet form factor that will be able to not only run new applications through the Windows 8 store, but also through uh, desktop applications that you might have run during, uh, on Windows 7. Will other screen readers be able to function on the Surface Pro as long as they have touchscreen support? Yeah, absolutely. Any, any assistive technology that has been designed for Windows 8 will be able to run on the Surface Pro. All right. What types of accessibility, including narrator, is available in the Windows RT version? Uh, everything that I mentioned uh, before. Uh, so you've got uh, narrator, you have magnifier, speech recognition is available. Anything that you've known to be available in Windows 7 or anything prior has been carried forward. All of those features and all of those functions, including high contrast, sticky keys, uh, any of those uh, features have been carried forward and will work in any version of Windows 8, including Windows RT. How many gestures does Narrator have? I know that you can obviously move from item to item, open things, but can you do things like move by headings or links on web pages just by using gestures? Yes, you can. Um, don't ask me to recite them because I don't have them memorized, but you can. There are gestures that you can move between uh, the hierarchy tree of, of content on the page. Um, if you tap uh, with four fingers on the screen three times, uh, it'll actually bring up the menu of gestures that you can use 
Uh, so anytime you get lost, all you have to do is tap on the screen three times with four of your fingers, and that'll bring up the menu uh, for you to read that. And when I printed that page out, I want to say it was about three pages long. Wow. So a person should be able to do basically any task they would normally do with the keyboard using gestures with narrator. Is that correct? That's correct. The, the, the Windows 8 environment and the new start screen, which I know that you've covered in other shows, uh, has been designed to work um, with narrator uh, because we can't guarantee that you have a keyboard. Uh, we have, even though our Surface comes with a keyboard, there are a number of other tablets and slates that have been released for Windows 8 that do not. So um, we have been, um, or it was designed, I should say, with the idea in mind that you might only be using your PC using touch. The third platform that Microsoft has really been talking about, besides Windows 8 Windows RT, is Windows Phone 8, and I understand that there are some major limitations with accessibility in Windows Phone 8. What exactly can or can't you do with Windows Phone 8 at this time? Sure. So, uh, you know, the big question I know that your listeners uh, would be interested in is uh, whether or not we have a screen reader, and unfortunately, we're just not where we'd like to be with, with Windows Phone 8 on the screen reader. So, um, in Windows Phone 8, there is unfortunately no screen reader. Uh, we're aware of that. We're working on the issue, uh, and we understand the, the needs of the customer base uh, in that regard. We have, though, introduced a number of new features in Windows Phone 8 for some other segments of the population, specifically low vision. Uh, we have a new magnifier that was in, uh, introduced in Windows Phone 8. We have uh, uh, a text sizing, so you can actually change the size of your text, uh, some different high contrast solutions. So there's a lot of work that was put into some of the low vision scenarios, including some uh, Bluetooth connectivity for being able to use uh, your voice for and speech recognition for uh, messaging, uh, text messaging, and, and those sorts of scenarios. So we know that we're not where we need to be in, in all of the scenarios, but we have been making improvements in every version. Even though you can't give us exact plans, is this something that we can hope that we, those of us who are blind will be able to use Windows Phone 8 down the road? Uh, I, yeah, like you said, I, I, I can't share any plans, mostly because I don't know what those roadmaps look like. But uh, I can say that the leadership understands the problem. They understand um, the work that needs to be done, and they have, uh, uh, they're well aware of, of the, the need to move in that direction. Before we conclude, can you give us some resources or places that people can go to find out more about these accessibility features or maybe even to get in touch with someone who may be able to help them with accessibility questions? Absolutely. So the best thing, uh, there's two questions there. The first best resource is to go to our website, which is microsoft.com slash enable. And that's our accessibility website where we aggregate content for all of our products, Windows, Office, Internet Explorer, uh, where you can go to find information about the accessibility features in our product. Beyond that, if you do have um, issues, please feel free to call Microsoft Support for any product that you have um, uh, that you may have purchased from us, because uh, we do offer great support. We've got some announcements coming up uh, at CSUN. If you're going to be at CSUN, please, we've got some sessions where we're going to talk about our support experience. Uh, so I'd highly encourage you to come and learn more then. Thank you very much for being here on Main Menu today. It's been really great talking with you about these new accessibility features, and we look forward to hearing more from Microsoft in the future as accessibility continues to improve. My pleasure, Chase. Thank you very much for having me.
The following presentation is brought to you on Main Menu, courtesy of David Woodbridge and Vision Australia. To find out more about Vision Australia, visit them on the web at www.visionaustralia.org. Vision Australia. Blindness and low vision services. Welcome to this demonstration of the Surface RT, the tablet from Microsoft. And in this demonstration, I thought I'd go through some of the gesture and keyboard features for Narrator on the Surface RT. And just keep in mind that as the date of this recording, the Surface Pro is about to be released, which is the full Windows 8 that you can install standard applications on, which will also have Narrator. With the Surface RT, you can only run apps from the Microsoft Store and of course the modified versions of Office, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, etc. The one that I've got has also got the Type Touch keyboard and that's the magnetic keyboard that attaches to the bottom of the Surface RT itself. I've got the Surface in my hand and it really wants to be used in landscape mode or sideways mode because at the back of the Surface, down the bottom, there's a pull-out stand that I've just pulled out now and I'm seeing that on the table and that actually has it at the right angle for using the touchscreen and of course if you had vision to watch the screen as well. Okay, so I've currently got the Type Touch keyboard which is magnetically attached to the bottom of the Surface RT and remember this is sold separately. So if I pull that down... Volume level 26. Okay, as you can tell, I've just woken up the surface by pulling down the keyboard. So now what I've basically got on my table now, I'm just going to pop it on my lap, is I've got a nice laptop keyboard with a trackpad in front of it. So it does feel like a normal laptop style keyboard. And of course the Surface RT behind it currently on my lap. So if we start at the top of the Surface Pro in landscape mode, on the right hand side at the top you've got the power button and then at the left and right edges towards the top you'll find little holes, they're the actual holes for the speakers. But if we go to the right hand side at the moment, coming down below the speaker hole, we've got a mini memory card slot and below that is a USB port and then if you come right down towards the bottom you'll feel a reasonably long slot and that's the slot that you actually plug in the power supply to and the power supply is actually a magnetic attachment so it doesn't plug into a port it just connects to the actual magnetic port and like the power supply on the MacBooks if you jerk the cable or trip over it, it's not going to pull over the tablet. It will just detach off the power port via the magnetic connection. And I believe that since also the keyboard is attached magnetically to the Surface RT, that's how it's also charging the Bluetooth keyboard. So to come over to the left-hand side of the Surface RT, towards the top again, you've got the hole for the speaker. Below that hole is the earphone jack and below that is a 
fairly long rocker switch and of course that's volume up and volume down and the rest of the left hand edge is blank. Of course the bottom of the Surface RT has a very long slot where you attach, in my case, the Type Touch keyboard. Now I've already logged in to the Surface RT already via the login screen. Now if you don't have Narrator running at the login screen, you can press, if you've got a keyboard of course, the Windows key plus U for the Ease of Access Center and you can enable Narrator in that dialog box to then use the login screen for Windows. So I'm just going to press the power button to wake it up. Windows sign in, pane, focus on Windows lock screen window. Okay, so what I'm going to do now, I'm actually going to use Windows key plus M to go to my desktop. Program manager, pane, focus on recycle bin, off, one of one. So as you can tell, I've only got one current item on the desktop. Now the actual reading key for Narrator is actually the Caps Lock key. So if I press Caps Lock and D, that should reread the current item we're sitting on with Narrator. Caps Lock. Recycle bin. Off. One of one. Non-selected. So that's the read current command with Narrator. Now if I wanted to slow down and speed up the rate of speech using the keyboard, and we'll get on to gestures in a minute, it's actually the caps lock key and plus or minus on the keyboard. So if I press caps lock and minus. Speed decreased to 35%. Okay, and if I press caps lock and plus. Speed increased to 40%. And of course I could keep pressing those keys minus or plus to go up and down the speech rate. Now of course the way to get to the new start menu Windows 8 is to press the Windows key. Start menu, pane, focus on mail. Now the way to navigate the grid is to press caps lock and left or right arrow and when you're on an item that you want to activate it's caps lock spacebar. So at the moment we're on mail, if I do caps lock right arrow. Caps lock, people, desktop, and of course that takes you back to the desktop where we heard the recycle bin. Messaging. Calendar, 7, Thursday. Photos. And by the way, when it said 7, that's the current date. Weather, 28 degrees, Central Coast. Fair, 28 degrees forward slash 19 degrees, 31 image. Okay, so that's a live tile in Windows 8 on the start menu of course it read out weather, the icon name and plus the live information. So let's keep going. Caps lock right arrow. Internet Explorer. Now before I press caps lock spacebar to activate it, I should say that if we want to navigate with the gestures on the screen with narrator, it's a one finger flick left or right to move item by item and then a one finger double tap to activate the item. So if I do one finger flick back to the left. Weather. 28 degrees central coast fair 28 degrees forward slash 19 degrees 31 image double tap to activate triple tap to select launch weather non-selected draggable expanded 
column three, row three. Okay, so as you can tell, if we leave it long enough, it gives us lots of information. And of course, if I wanted to stop this speech on the touch screen, I would just do a two-finger touch on the screen. If I wanted to stop it talking with the keyboard, I'll just press the control key. So I'm going to do one finger flick back to the right for Internet Explorer. Internet Explorer. Activate. And I'm going to do one finger double tap Triple to tap to select. Launch into Apple and other accessible technology windows internet. Now, here's where I want to actually introduce the viewer to you in Narrator, and both accessible on the keyboard and on the touchscreen. So basically, on the keyboard first, if I hold down the caps lock key and press down arrow, up arrow, we'll cycle through the viewer to switch between such things as, and I'll do that now. Item view. Item view. Paragraph view. Paragraph view. Line view. Line view. Word view. Word view. Character view. Character view. Table view. Table view. Link view. Link view. Heading view. Heading view. Item view. And back to item view. And what happens is when you're on a particular item, your caps lock left and right arrow then navigates what you're on by that particular item. So, for example, I'm currently on my Apple and Other Technologies podcast page, and I want to navigate by heading. So I'm going to do caps lock up arrow to go back up to heading. Heading view. Now if I press caps lock right arrow. Cap. Using the Apple TV with a Bluetooth keyboard January the 29th, 2013. Okay, caps lock right arrow again. How to use the built-in dictionary in the iPhone iPod Touch or iPad using VoiceOver. Demo of Change Reaction, self-voicing game from the Mac App Store. And if I wanted to read information about that, I would go back to Item View, so Caps Lock down arrow. Caps Lock, Item View. Okay, and now I can do Caps Lock right arrow. Posted by David Woodbore on January the 13th, 2013. Okay, caps lock runner again. Comments off. A great self-voicing coin stack puzzle style game for the Mac. Also show you how to adjust the rate of the system voice that the game uses. Now if I want to do the same thing with the viewer on the screen, it's a one finger flick down. Paragraph view. Line view. Word view. Okay, that's me one finger flicking down to go through the view. If I want to, if I do one finger flick up. Line view. Paragraph view. Item view. Heading view. Okay, I'm back to header. And now if I do a one finger flick to the right. Demo of Silver Dollar. Self-voicing game from the Mac App Store. Okay, and if I wanted to read more information about that item by item, one finger flick down. Item view. One finger flick to the right. Posted by David Woodbore on January the 12th, 2013. Okay, so that's basically how to use the viewer. And of course, if you flick down or up to word or character, you would navigate backwards and forwards by word or character. If you navigated to link, you would navigate forwards and back by link, etc. Now, of course, since I'm still using my keyboard, I can still press tab. Hide player, link, play in pop-up. Download, link, embeddable player, link, Facebook, explore, like button, share this. Using the Apple TV with a Bluetooth keyboard January the 29th, 
2013. Link. Comments. Link. Link. Okay, and so on. So you can still use the keyboard. You can still do tab and shift tab, etc. Now, if you want to find out the current commands that are available for you to use when you're in a particular screen, you can do a four finger touch on the screen. Available item commands window. Focus on search box. Editing explorable text. Okay, so let me do one finger flick to the right. Vertical. Scroll. Line up button. Page down. Line down button. Activate. One of 13. Double tap to activate. Scroll into view. Two of 13. Double tap to activate. Place text insertion point. Three of 13. Double tap to activate. Okay, and of course, if I kept Three, going, non-selected down towards the bottom of this list would be an option to look at all the commands for Narrator. So that four-finger touch just brings up a list of current commands that you can get access to when you're using Narrator on a current screen. So I'm just going to press four fingers again to get rid of it. Link. Okay, and I'm back to the web page. Now, if you wanted to specifically bring up all the commands for Narrator, rather than those available for the current screen, it's four fingers, three times. So four fingers, one, two, three. Search all commands window. Focus on search box. Editing explorable text. Now, last time I used one finger flick to the right. And of course, I could have also used one finger flick to the left on the screen. I'm going to use the keyboard this time. Caps lock right arrow. Vertical scroll bar at zip line up by page down line down stop reading tap once with two fingers one of 86. Okay, so there is 86 commands, it's actually quite extensive now in the new narrator. So, caps lock right there again. Do primary action tap twice with one finger two of 86. So, I'm going to get rid of that window again, touching with four fingers. Link. Okay, and I'm back to the web page. Now, if you wanted to actually bring up Narrator itself to make any changes to the interface, that's a three-finger touch on the screen. Narrator settings window. Focus on general. Change how Narrator starts and other standard settings. Button. Okay, so that's general settings for Narrator. One finger flick to the right again. Navigation. Change how you interact with your PC using Narrator button double tap to activate that's yeah, navigation one finger flick to the right again voice change the speed pitch or volume of the current voice or choose a new voice button double okay, tap to, to activate voice. one finger flick to the right again commands create your own keyboard commands button double tap to activate okay define your own keyboard commands one finger flick to the right again Minimize this window and return to your app. Button. Double tap to activate. So double tap on the minimize button to minimize this window. One finger flick to the right again. Exit narrator. Button. Double tap to activate. And if I double tap that, I will actually exit narrator. So for example, let's see what other voices we can use in narrator on the Surface RT. So I'm going to do one finger flick back to the left. Minimize this window. Commands. Voice. Change the speed, pitch or volume of the current voice or choose a new voice. Button. Double tap to activate. And by the way, 
I'm using gestures and I could have also just done caps lock right arrow to go through those buttons on the screen or caps lock left arrow and I'm about to do one finger double tap to go into voices I could also do caps lock spacebar as well so one finger double tap voice change the sp voice speed 40% slider so we want to go to voices so I'm going to do one finger flick to the right that's voice rate fast select the volume of the voice quiet voice volume 100% loud select the pitch of the voice low voice pitch fifth high select a different voice for narrator select a different voice for narrator Microsoft Hazel desktop editable combo box double tap to expand collapsed Okay, so if I do a one finger double tap. Microsoft Hazel Desktop selected one of three. Okay, so that's Hazel. If I do one finger flick to the right. Microsoft Zura Desktop two of three. Double tap to activate. And that's number Triple two. tap to select. And let's say I want to use that one. One finger double tap. Microsoft Zura Desktop selected zero of zero. Okay, one finger flick back to the left to go back to the combo box. Select a different voice for narrator. Microsoft Zero Desktop. Editable combo box. Double tap to expand. Okay, Collapsed. Microsoft Zero Desktop. Selected. Two of three. Okay, one finger flick to the right. Come Microsoft the Hand in Desktop. Three of three. Double tap to activate. Triple tap to select. Okay, one finger double tap on the third non voice. Microsoft Hanin Desktop selected Ling of Ling. Okay, so I want to get back to the first voice. So one finger back to the left to go to the combo box. Select a one different voice for Microsoft Hanin Desktop selected Sen of Sen. <laughs> that was supposed to say three or three. So flick back to the left twice to get to the first Micro one. Microsoft Hazel Desktop E of Sen. Double tap to activate. Okay, one double tap, back to the first voice. Microsoft Hazel Desktop selected zero of zero. Now remember when I said it's a one finger flick down or up to change between the viewer? That's fine. Do one finger drag down on the screen with one finger from the top to the bottom of the screen, left hand side. Internet exp start menu pane focus on mail. Okay, I just closed the narrator window and I'm back to the start menu and I'm on mail. So if I do one finger flick to the right. People, double tap to activate, triple tap to okay, select. Back to the left. Mail, double tap to activate, and triple tap. touch to keep it quiet. Now remember I said you can do a one finger flick left or right to move the focus item by item depending on what your viewer is set to. If I do a one finger drag in from the right hand side of the screen like this. Charms window. Okay I've activated the charms window and the charms window let me do one finger flick to the right. Search button double tap to activate. Okay, search in search your button. applications. Okay search for applications or in your applications one finger flick to the right. Share button double Share. tap to activate. Share this content with people. Okay, share this content with people. That's reading out the tooltips. 
Start button, double tap to activate. Start, start your start applications. Okay, one finger flick to the right again. Devices button, devices double button. tap to activate. Send this content to a device. Okay, one finger flick to the right again. Settings button, Settings double button. tap to activate. Adjust your application and frequently used system settings. One finger flick to the right again. No next item. Okay, and no next item. So of course, if I wanted to activate any of those, I'd one finger flick left or right to them, and one finger double tap to activate. Okay, let me close the charms window by just doing one finger drag down the left hand side of the screen. Start menu, pane, focus on mail. Now if you are using the keyboard and you want to actually unload Narrator quickly, you might want to give it to somebody to use briefly. The command to do that on the keyboard is caps lock plus escape. So I'll do that now. Caps lock. Caps lock. Exit narrator dialogue. Focus on yes button. Alt plus Y. Okay, and if I just press enter because we're on the default button. Exiting narrator. Okay, I've turned narrator off on the Surface RT. If I want to turn it back on again, it's Windows key plus enter. Start menu, pane, focus on switch to all applications, menu item, all apps. Now remember this might be obvious to what I've been talking about so far. This is straight Windows. So, of course, we've got all our normal commands. I can press Alt-Tab. Running programs. Current application narrator settings, one of three. Okay, Non-selected. I've still got the Alt key held down. Tab again. Demo notepad, two of demo three. Notepad. Non-selected. Alt-Tab again. Desktop, three of three. Non-selected. Okay, so if I lift my finger up. Of the OK, I'm back on the desktop. And I find the easiest way to get to the system tray, I can get to it on the touch screen. But as you can probably notice by now, it's you tend to use a combination of the touch screen and the keyboard to whatever feels appropriate. So I'm actually going to do Windows and B, which case to the system tray. Focus on notification chevron button. Okay, Tool and tip, double tap on show that. hidden notification overflow pane. And one finger flip to the right. 1449, Thursday, February the 7th, 2013. Okay, one to the right again. Show desktop button. 65% remaining button. Double so tap to activate. And of course, I want to just get rid of that. One finger flick down. Start menu, pane, focus on mail. And I'm back to the start menu. So, really, when you're using the Surface RT, or Windows that I guess in general, you are really focusing on the start menu all the time. Now one really cute thing I find is if you use the volume up and volume down, it actually reads out. I'll press it up volume up now. Volume up. Tool tip. Volume level 32. Okay, and volume down. Volume down. Tool tip. Volume level 30. Now there are lots of other keyboard commands to do with Narrator and as we heard, lots of other gestures. If you go to www.microsoft.com accessibility, you can look in the Windows 8 and get the information on how to use narrator gestures and the keyboard commands. So I think it'll do for this demonstration for the Surface RT. 
I hope this has given you some indication of how you can actually use the system. So as usual, I hope you've enjoyed this demonstration. Thanks for listening and bye for now. Vision Australia. Blindness and low vision services. Hello everyone, this is Rich Cavallaro. Welcome to a podcast all about Access Note, a new note-taking app available from the Apple App Store and developed by the American Foundation for the Blind. This app allows one using a QWERTY keyboard that's paired via Bluetooth or a Braille display with Braille keyboard paired via Bluetooth to take notes, sync those notes to Dropbox in text format, navigate them on the device in a read-only format in their review mode, and allows one to use several custom QWERTY and Braille keystrokes to do things such as search forward and backward for a specific string of text, allows one to go to the top and bottom of the note, mark it as a favorite, rename it, create a new note, etc. I will be showing you all the features today. I'm going to be using an iPhone 5 with iOS 6.1, and I'm going to be using a Focus 14 Blue Braille display from Freedom Scientific. So what I'm going to do is to double tap Access Note and open it up, and I'll get going. Access Note. All notes. Heading. Okay, so Access Note is open, and this is what you'll see the first time you launch the app. And we will flick right with one finger. Add button. We have the Add button. We're going to make a new note. Text field. Note. New note. Seven. And I've created some sample notes for when I was playing around with this. So I'm going to write my name is Rich. Make a new line. As I record this comma, it is Thursday. And I'm just going to put out the display. Sorry for the noise. This is the last line. Help if I didn't make a typo. Anyway, uh, now if we flick to the left, review off button. We have review, and it's off by default. This is a mode. If you toggle it, you can read the note and are unable to edit it. So if you have a lot of notes and don't want to accidentally edit a particular note, you can turn this mode on. Review on. As review just, on. As I've just done, and if we flick right. My name is Rich. As I record this, it is Thursday. And this is the last line. Text field. And voiceover Reddit. And if I try to type, we can't because we're in read-only mode. So I'm going to flick to the left. Review on. Button. And turn review off. Text field. Review off. Now what else can we do? We have several custom keystrokes here. First thing I know I would want to do is name my note so that I could easily find it again later. You can rename the note by doing Option R on a QWERTY keyboard or Enter or .8R on a Braille keyboard. It's important for Braille users that the contractions are turned off. I'll do that by pressing a G chord. Contractions off. And I'm going to do a .8R. My name, select all. And I'm going to call it, we're going to call it Thursday. And we must write it on a contracted braille. And Thursday is on the display. And I'm going to do a dot one chord or a one finger flick to the left. Enter new note title. And we've entered new note title. Enter new note title. Text field. The text is field. editing Thursday. Uh, flick to the right. Clear text button. Yeah, clear text. Enter and new note title. Enter new note done. We have a button. done button, which I um, did one too many dot one chords. So if I had done two finger flicks to the left, it would have approached the done button. So I'm going to. Hit a cursor router key or uh, double tap. Same thing. Bottom of dot note renamed Thursday. And note renamed Thursday. Now if I do a scrub gesture or a B chord on the Braille display, or hit the escape key on a QWERTY keyboard. 
All notes. Heading. We're back in the all notes view, and our note is now here. I had them set to be displayed in alphabetical order, so I'm just going to hit a dot four quarter until we reach the note that we just created. Add button. Sync button. That has to do with Dropbox. I won't get to that in a minute. Search. Search field. We'll demo the search feature once we get back to our note we just created. Capital A. Heading. Access note test. That was a uh, note that I made earlier for when I was playing around with the app when I just got it. Capital N. New note. This is by default how the notes are named. New note and then a new note one, new note two, new note three, etc. New note one. New note two. New note three. New note four. New note five. New note six. These are all sample notes that I made. Capital T. Thursday. And there's the one we just created. Bottom of dot note. Thursday. So we're at the bottom of the note. Uh, a quick way to get to the top is by using option A or dot eight A or enter A on your Braille keyboard. So I am going to first contractions on. Contractions I was off. Checking my contractions, they are now off. And we're gonna hit a dot eight A. And now we're at the top. If we hit a dot eight Z, our Braille display shows we're at the bottom. And you can do option Z to produce the same result on a QWERTY keyboard. I am going to jump to the top with a dot eight A. And I'm going to do a search for the word record because you're able to search in this in this app and within notes and across notes. To do that, you do dot eight with F or a dot eight with B. Dot eight with F allows you to go forward as far as searching. Dot eight with B allows you to go backward. So I'm going to do a dot eight with F. My name select all. And um, we are now in the search field. So I'm going to write the word record. And I'm going to Done. do Button. a one finger flick to the left or dot one chord and double tap. My name is Note Record. And as you can see, the cursor jumped right there and whoever read the word that we searched for. Now let's say we want to do a search for the word name and test out the backwards search feature. So you can search backwards or forwards. I'm going to do a dot eight with Z or option Z on a QWERTY keyboard. Now we're at the bottom. I'm going to do a dot eight with B and do a search for the all. word name, and I'm going to done. go button. to done just like we did before with the forward search. Name is red. Note and name. The cursor, the Braille display is on name, and voiceover read aloud the word, and this is great. Um, this isn't a nice feature if you want. We don't want to search if you have a long note and want to look for a specific string of text. Also, you have the ability to sync these notes with Dropbox, which is great. And I'll show you that in the settings, too. Uh, I'll show you both of those and show you how those are set up. So that's great. So if you are in a class taking notes, you can then copy these notes to your computer uh, via Dropbox, and it's all synced. And a great way to keep your notes uh, stored in the cloud and not just on your device. So I'm going to do a B chord to go back to the All Notes view. All Notes. Heading. And I'm going to do a uh, go to the bottom of the screen here, and we've got a few buttons New note, here. Five. Favorite setting Thursday. So we've got Thursday, and then we flip to the right. Settings button. We've got the settings button. Favorites button. Favorites, which you can uh, option M or dot eight M within a note lets you mark a note as a favorite. Help button. And the help, which has the user guide and a an interactive audio tutorial that you can listen to. Very well done. We're going to go back. Favorite settings to button. the settings, and we're going to double tap. Settings all notes. Back button. And if we hit the back button, it'll take us back to the all notes view. Settings. Heading. And we'll go to the settings here. Dropbox settings. Heading. Dropbox settings is the first heading. Enable syncing. Switch button. On. That's on. For me, it's off by default. And you can 
um, enable that, and then the screen will come up, and Dropbox will say that a note wants access, an application wants to access your Dropbox, and you have to give it permission. Log out. And then a folder called apps, and another folder called access note will be created in your Dropbox. Here's a logout if you want to log out of your Dropbox account. Application settings, heading, note text size. Note text size has to do with whether you want the text to be larger or smaller. Device tilt sensitivity. This has to do with the ability of tilting your device to the left or to the right, and you can move from note to note, which you can also do by pressing dot eight with J or dot eight with K or option J, option K to move from note to note with the keyboard. Spell check. Switch button on. That's a spell check feature. If you wish to have that on or off, it's off by default. Order notes by. Order notes by. If we double tap. Order notes by. Settings. Back button. Order notes by. Heading. Uncheck last edited. Last edited or. Checked alphabetical. Alphabetical. I have it done by checked alphabetical, but that is a personal preference. I believe by default it comes to last edited, but I'm not 100% sure on that. But I know I have it set to alphabetical. So now I'm going to hit a B chord. Settings. All notes. Back button. All notes. Heading. And we are back in the all notes view. So that is essentially how Access Note works. It's very easy to use. Honestly, I hope we see more features. For example, um, although you can do an option T or an dot eight with T to create a new note, and option R and dot eight with R to rename a new note, you cannot delete a note from the app. There is no keystroke to delete a note except if you sync it with Dropbox and delete it out of Dropbox. I hope that they add that. I hope that we see more uh, features, more file types that can be uh, exported to. So that is how Access Note works. It is $19.99 in the App Store, and it will work on your iPhone, iPod Touch, or iPad. Thank you for listening to this demonstration. Have a great day. This is Chase Crispin for ACB Radio's main menu at ATIA 2013, and I'm speaking with Dan Weirich from GW Micro about some new updates from GW. Dan, welcome to main menu. Thank you very much. Happy to be on the show. So what's new from GW Micro? Well, one of the things we're showing, of course, is Windowize version 8. It's uh, really terrific. We had a great response. Uh, it's uh, just uh, several weeks old. Uh, released it in December and uh, it's, it's showing very, very well. We've got it here in a couple different machines, including a Windows 8 computer, and of course it works on other operating systems as well. But we're, we like to show some of the new features and uh, some of the, the ways it works uh, with Windows 8. We're also showing uh, the Read Easy Move. Now, it was actually released in the US probably about two months ago. Uh, but we, this is the first major conference that we have the opportunity to show it at. The Read Easy Move is a standalone reader, so I don't need a computer. I take this small device, set it on a table, put a printed book underneath it, press the button, and it will read to you. And so that's the Read Easy Move, and it also displays in large print for somebody's partially sighted, you know, low vision. So we're showing that. And uh, of course, we got its uh, younger brother. The, it's been out for a year or so. The Read It Wand. We're showing that as well. And of course, we have GW Connect, but which has been out for some time. Uh, but we're showing those products. What voice does the Read Easy Move use to read the text? Uh, it's a, a nuanced voice. So it's uh, like we've got Vocalizer now with with um, Window Eyes, and it's those 
those voices. It's a okay. different flavor of that, but it's basically the same voices. So really high quality. Yes, a very high quality voice. One of the really cool features, and, and if this matters to someone, it's excellent. If you don't use this feature, it doesn't uh, make as much difference, of course, but I can take a document with Spanish, English, German, French, put it underneath there, and it switches on the fly. It, it's reading, and when it recognizes those those words, it says, hmm, I should switch to the Spanish text-to-speech. It switches on the fly. Oh, wow. When it sees English, it says, I'm going to switch back to English now. That's and really neat. All, you don't push a button to make it happen. It just does it on the fly. Okay. That's an excellent feature. Yeah. Another excellent feature that actually this is... This is one of those things that we definitely show at like Schools for the Blind is it supports touch screens. So I can walk over to the computer screen. You have to have a touch screen monitor, of course. But I go over and double tap a word, and it'll start reading. Or I pinch or, or spread my fingers apart, and it gets bigger on the screen or smaller on the screen. So the Read Easy Move and the Read at One, the same, uh, have some really, really cool features like that. What's the price point on the Read Easy Move? The Read Easy Move it starts at twenty six ninety five. Uh, there's actually four models, so it's twenty six ninety five to twenty nine ninety five. And uh, but there's four models in there. One would be the simplest model. Maybe someone doesn't like technology. They don't want anything complex. So the very basic unit is twenty six ninety five. Then you can add a, a, a keypad option. So now you can do some file management. I want to save, I want to import, export, export to a USB stick, to do some things like that. So that's the keypad. And then I've got the low vision model, which has, now it has a video port. I can display on the screen. And then we got the touch screen model. Is the touch screen model accessible to someone who is totally blind and can't read what's on the touch screen? Mm, that would be harder to use. I mean, you can use it. Uh, but you wouldn't know necessarily where your finger's at in order to tap on the word. Okay. So just begin reading and stop reading. You would probably, you would want to use the keypad. It would be much easier. Okay. We really actually, the keypad option is the highest selling option that we sell. We've sold the majority of them to people who are totally blind, but they like the keypad because now they can do some file manipulation. Mm -hmm. And there's a few other options as well. Can you give us some contact information for GW Micro? Be happy to. So give us a phone call. Uh, operators are standing by right now. <laughs> give us a call at 260-489-3671. And, of course, you can find us on the web, www.gwmicro.com. Thank you, Dan, for visiting with us here on Main Menu today. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. On behalf of the entire Main Menu staff, I'd like to thank you for being with us today here on Main Menu. We'll look forward to seeing you back again next week. Meantime, you have a good week, and we'll see you soon.